your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to the week. Uh, it's Monday, 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. The guy just said that. In studio with me is a sheriff's candidate and a, uh, let's see here, investigative captain. I'm, giving the, I'm getting these memorized, John. John Siegel is running for Lacrosse's uh, Lacrosse County Sheriff. Uh, one of two guys going in the race. Uh, how is that going, by the way? Is it uh, you, you have a job, right? Like you have a full time job, and then you try to also run for sheriff. So it's got to be got to be a lot of time management going on. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Because both of us work full time, and summers are busy. And then when we're not working, I'm assuming that both of us are out doing campaign stuff, campaign so stuff, and then busy. also the whole life thing. You have a you know outside of campaigning. You have kids and wife and family and whatnot, so uh, it's it's got to be pretty draining, I would guess. It is, and you know, trying to balance that piece um, is difficult. And for us, family is really important, so um, we've tried really hard to make sure that um, that's not neglected while we're trying to do everything else. All right, and so in that regard, you have a son, C.J. Siegel, uh, played at Logan. If for if for anyone that remembers that name, a couple years ago. But he's playing college football right now, and um, I was looking at the box score. 58-yard kickoff return to start the game last Saturday, and then uh, he plays defensive back. So the stats aren't really impressive, because if his stats were impressive, that would mean he's probably, A, your defense probably isn't great, or you're not a great defensive back. If he's getting like 10, 12 tackles as a cornerback, that's probably not great, but he's he had four tackles in that 58-yard kick return, but uh, he, yeah, he's he seems to be pretty decent. Yeah, no, he's had a really nice career at uh, UND. Um, we were really glad that he was able to go there after playing at Logan. And um, yeah, you don't want a whole bunch of stats at corner, especially the tackles piece, if you're letting a guy catch the ball and you have to tackle him. Well, so how is that going for him? Because he's a junior, right? He's a junior. He is actually oh, was reclassified this year as a senior, but he's in his fifth camp with. Uh, with the Fighting Hawks. So. Okay, so it, will this be his last year, or does COVID give him another? Uh, due to COVID, uh, he will have another year of eligibility because the seven or eight games he played a couple of years ago counted for statistics, but didn't count for the NCAA. Didn't count. Okay, yeah. so um, and and from what you were telling me the other day is he's pretty good. Like the the, the there's next level, just just kind of a little bit maybe. Yeah, and try not to get your hopes up, but also yeah. like this is awesome. Yeah, and I'm saying this on the air. We try not to talk too much about that, but <laughs> so I appreciate that. But um, yeah, it's been good. He started, I think, 31 games now, and has uh, was invited to the junior NFL Combine for juniors last year, uh, where the NFL guys come in and they weigh measure you. You take the Wonderlick test. Yeah. So he had to oh, do yeah, that. that. Um, and he has NFL teams that come in to see him. Um, at practice at UND pretty regularly. So when he takes that test, does he make dad also take the test just to see just to see how you guys do? We all Googled the practice test to see how we'd do on it. Yeah, and who did better? I don't know. If it's it's graded weird, right? Like it It's is. not really yep. graded where you get an A or a B. No, it's or a how score. many questions or 50 questions in 12 minutes or something like that. Yeah, so. and then um, and then they kind of analyze it, right, based on your answers, as opposed to the answers being right or wrong, or is that not right? It's mostly right or wrong. Oh, it is, okay. Yep. Must be some other psychological tests there, but yeah. okay. Well, sorry, sorry to bring that up, but I wanted to talk football because I'm a kind of you know like it, we got that itch now. We got that first NFL week under our belts, and um, local kids when local kids go, you know, off to play D1 sports. But why did you ever go 
really? North Dakota? We're going to play there? Like, couldn't you play? Like, it's so far away to drive that you could just go play. Could you just go play somewhere nicer, like where the weather is warm and we'll just fly there, CJ? Well, as a, you know, when he was a junior and, and from Logan probably remember that we thought he was going to go play basketball in college. And he had told us, I want to go someplace warm. I want to go to a city that's got at least 250,000 people. And he's got all these um, parameters. And then he comes to us one day and said, boy, if I really like the coaching staff at UND and I really feel like it's a good fit, is there any reason I can't play there? So we ended up in Grand Forks, North Dakota at <laughs> University of North Dakota. And, and it's worked out well, uh, you know, so far because, you know, he's, he's a, a great cornerback over there. And you guys are one and one so far. I think you, you kind of want a nail-biter last Saturday, right? Yeah, 29-27, that was a little too close. <laughs> <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. John Siegel He's running for sheriff here in La Crosse County. He's the Democrat in the race going against Republican Fritz uh, Leinfelder. I almost forgot there. Leinfelder is like kind of a mouthful. Um, and you guys, like you guys, you were telling me you, this is a, it's kind of funny. Both of you guys talk about how it's a partisan race, but it's to you guys, it's not really that partisan. And also you guys are pretty good friends. So that's that, the, the dynamics there are, are, are strange. Yeah. And you know what? I think it probably, I'll speak for myself. It makes it easier for me running against somebody that I can come in to work every day and have conversations with and laugh and talk about our families. And, um, you know, today we talked about the football game on Saturday and I know Fritz was at the UWL game. So he was telling me about how that went. And, um, you know, I think that is unique in today's world that we can have that kind of a relationship and still run, you know, for a position. We'll see what happens like November 10th or something. <laughs> and then when, it, when you, one of you guys takes over and then the other guy, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. All right, we've got to take a break. Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back and talk about La Crosse County Sheriff stuff when we come back. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We're doing like, we're almost doing like Uncle, you're not so much, John, but I'm doing like Uncle Rico stuff as we're both, we just discovered John and I are from the same conference in high school, although we're about five years apart, so it's not like we ever played each other, but... Good old Hortonville Watoma rivalry. Uh, anyway, John's running for sheriff in La Crosse County. He's the Democrat in the race. John's been in law enforcement for 29 years. He's been here in La Crosse County for 20, and you've been the investigative captain for the past three years. And before that, you were the patrol captain. Is that only place to go up with investigative captain? And I feel like that's pretty, you know, like sheriff would be, well, that's the only next step. Right. We have a chief deputy and then sheriff. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, yep. and Jeff Wolf was the chief deputy for a long time, right? He was under uh, Steve Helgeson. Okay. And then he just, and Jeff's retiring now after one term as sheriff. Um, you know, some of the things, like, what do you, what do you want to get into? Because in, when I was driving out, I started to think about, like, some of the things we could talk about. And with the fire department, uh, when I used to have the fire chief in here, we have a new one now. I haven't had him on yet, but. And talk about sharing duties with the different towns and different fire departments. Um, how much of that? How much of that goes on with the the sheriff's department? And is that something that like could be or needs to be improved? Yeah, well, it goes on all the time. And actually, um, within La Crosse County, you know, we have the city of La Crosse, which has the largest police department. And after that, you have Onalaska, Holman, and then West Salem, Bangor, Campbell. Shelby, and when you start getting into the smaller size departments, we all have to rely on each other. Right. And I think we do a really good job of that here. Um, we call it mutual aid from another jurisdiction. But 
every weekend and every week it's not unusual for us to ask on Alaska or Holman to help us with something or for them to call and say, is there a sheriff's department car available that can come and help? So here in La Crosse County, that is a, a regular occurrence. Is the communication there, like, is it, I mean, as good as it can be? Because the fire department always talks about improving that. Yep. Fire department always talks about having a central hub. The police department never talks about that. Like, where La Crosse Fire would have a fire chief for all of the, you know, whatever, the whole county maybe. Um, that's never a conversation with police, and I don't think, I don't, and it doesn't need to be, but there's, you know, the the idea that, you know, we're, we're doing something over here. We're actually going to need all you guys to, like, you know, cover us cover our backs because, you know, this this thing going down is important. Right. And I think jurisdictionally, we will always have our individual police departments and then the sheriff's department as that um, county piece and, and jurisdiction everywhere. Where our communication can be better is within the city of La Crosse because the city of La Crosse uses a different radio frequency than the rest of the county. So I can talk to Onalaska Police Department. I can talk to Bangor Police Department. But I have to coordinate through dispatch to talk to the La Crosse Police Department. Well, can't we just be like, "Hey, La Crosse, can you get on this frequency?" Or is that free? Or would it would it bombard that frequency? And then there's too many well, too much chatter. Uh, part of it is we do have individual dispatchers. So there's a dispatcher just for the city of La Crosse, yeah, and just for fire, and then just for the county agencies. Uh, but within that, I don't have the ability to just switch radio channels and talk to the city of La Crosse Police Department directly, um, and that's part of the. Um, and I don't want to speak wrong, I think it's 800 megahertz system that they run in compared to the towers that we have to use out in the county okay. to make sure that we have coverage and all the, um, you know, coolies and bluffs and all that. They, so, might, they might need to use a different system because they're in the city, or you might need to use? It's been talked about. When I first came here, we had a patch so that we could talk oh, uh, yeah. with them. Now we don't. And so when you talk about improved communication, we do work with the city of La Crosse all the time. They're fantastic um, for us, and occasionally our guys have to come in for something. And being able to talk directly, not have to communicate through dispatch, would make things a bit easier. Um, how about coverage? Just like you're, you, most of your coverage area in in the sheriff's department is rural, right? Like when you have those city police, the city they they cover it, and then so you guys have, and then there's a state patrol, so they have the state highways, and then the rest of it is up to you, right? Yeah, that's which. It seems very expansive. That's kind of a nutshell, but yeah, you know, if you have a N or a W in front of your address, you're within the sheriff's office um, coverage area. Most people don't know that the sheriff's office has jurisdiction anywhere in La Crosse County. So yeah. if we're in the city of La Crosse or on Alaska, wherever, we can enforce laws. But from a patrol standpoint, our patrol area is very rural compared to um, other places. And then you have... Um, Places like Rockland and Mendora, which don't have police departments, and Bangor and Campbell, which aren't always full-time. So then sheriff's deputies are taking the calls in those places. Yeah, and that's where I would see, like, okay, the Bangor, like, they probably have, like, a 9-to-5 guy or whatever the whatever the peak times would be for, for policing. And then the rest of the time, you guys have to know that, all right, Bangor is part of our coverage area right. uh, the rest of the time. Um, is... Uh, we don't. We're, we all often talk about how we don't have enough um, officers, like the city city of La Crosse. We, I've had that conversation with the Police and Fire Commission. Um, not enough applications, or not 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 enough, but not as many as there used to be. Um, you guys have the same problem in the we do. in the sheriff's department. Um, I don't. Does that? Do you think that improves ever? I mean, unless you start 
offering $100,000 salaries per year, which I think would help get uh, some more deputies to apply for the job. Do, do, you, do you see this improving down the road? We haven't seen an improvement to this point. Um, you know, you'd like to think that more people would be interested in getting into law enforcement, and I think the fire department has the same um, thing. You know, the, the hours and nights, weekends, overtime, I know that that can be a deterrent to um, our younger generation of people, I think. Um, yeah. I was just happy when I got my first job. Right. Like to say, hey, I, I'm doing this, and this is what I love. And um, so maybe even being able to cultivate that in, in people. The, uh, yeah, the, the, I want to work. I remember one of my first jobs, it wasn't an, it definitely, it was like a five to five, but I only got paid from like eight to four because drive time didn't count. We were, we were building buildings and lunch break didn't count. And it didn't count for me, but it counted for the guy, the other guys that were full time. This is like a summer job. So I like asked the boss, I'm like, can I get the same pay that they're getting, like at least the same hours? And he's like, oh, you you kids nowadays, you want your nice nine-to-five job? He just yelled at me. And I was like, yeah, that would be kind of nice. Actually, a nine-to-five job would work. Um, is there a way to incentivize, I mean, without giving the 100 k a year, uh, to, to get more recruits or to just get people to? Yeah, you know, I think there's some options. Over on the east side of the state, I believe the city of La Crosse does this too, but over on the east side of the state, they do – a lot of lateral transfers now. So if you've worked six years for Hortonville and you come to Appleton Police Department, they'll give you your six years of credit and um, vacation that would have accrued for that six-year period to try and get those lateral transfer people. The problem with that is the trickle-down, right, because then Hortonville is losing their officer and has to find a way to replace it. So, you know, I think one of the big things is – maybe getting our high school students and people more um, involved in looking at what law enforcement, firefighting, corrections, dispatch, what that looks like, you know, at the high school level, and maybe get people excited about having that opportunity later. As a a high schooler, too, I think, uh, you know, the only thing a high schooler probably thinks police do are, A, whatever detectives on TV, right, or B, you're sitting on the side of the road waiting to pull over the high schooler who just got his license, right? Um, there's there's probably an avenue there to make a better understanding that there's more to it than just those two things in this job, right? Yeah, and there are um, high schools in the state that are starting to do partnerships. Um, I wouldn't call them an apprenticeship, but um, during the school day for a semester, they've got seniors who are going into the fire department, going into the police department, and... Um, a work study, a job shadow, whatever you want to call it, but for a significant amount of time, more than just eight hours in one day, to get an understanding of what that looks like. And there's even a high school, and I can't remember where it is right now, that has a partnership with one of the tech colleges where they can earn some credits um, do you give during a, the school do year. Do you give them a gun right away, or do you train them on that? We will train them. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was thinking you guys just work eight-hour shifts, right? Three, is there like a first shift, second shift, graveyard shift? We, at the sheriff's office, we do have three shifts. You do that. Do, does anyone ever, yeah, you know, we should just do 12-hour or 10-hour or, or four-day work weeks? No. <laughs> Did somebody from our office email you? Um, <laughs> it comes up quite regularly. When I worked in Washera County, we worked uh, 12-hour shifts, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m., yeah. three on, three off. That's a long time um, in a squad car and... Working with things in Lacrosse County, we work eight-hour shifts. 
Um, but it's always a discussion. It, you know, what's what options are out there? There's departments that work 10-hour shifts. 24-hour shifts, about like a doctor. I don't understand why doctors have 24-hour shifts, but they do. Because they can sleep. Because they can sleep. <laughs> well, you a guys are, anyway. I, I don't know. I see you, the cars pull over on the side of the road. I feel like that's when you're sleeping. Um, but no, you got to be up. Um, when, when you do it, when patrol has an eight-hour shift, are they literally, like, can they literally be in their car for most of that time? I mean, obviously, they, they might have a call or... Yeah, you know, they're, especially at the sheriff's office, because, you know, our department is downtown. The area that we serve is a long way from downtown. Yeah. So our cars are set up so that it's literally a mobile office. Mm-hmm. Our guys don't have to come down to the sheriff's office very often. Sure. You know, they can dictate reports. They can um, upload video, all those things right from their squad car. So, yeah, you spend that eight hours unless you're out on a call walking around or you stop right. in the park in your car. Because I was thinking, like, the healthier way to do this would be, like, you you have an eight-hour shift. Four hours of that is patrol in the car or whatever. And then four hours of that is something that would be more physically active. And I don't know what yeah. that would be, but, like... Well, our night guys pull... Um, we, you know, we call it pull indoors, but our night guys check businesses and storage facilities and oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. So they're out walking around doing that in the you know, middle of the night when the rest of us are sleeping. Yeah, right. 608-785-7914. John Siegel's in studio here with me. He's running for sheriff here in La Crosse County, one of two candidates to do that. You got about a little less than two months now before before the election, So, uh, which means this is only going to get harder for you guys. Um, and and fun, the conversations that I've been having with you guys are, are interesting because it's like ways to improve the sheriff's office. And it's almost as if, the only people that are voting for this would be people working within the sheriff's office. Like, whoa, listen to John or Fritz. They want to improve this and this. That sounds great. I want to vote for them, or I would I would love to ha- have them as my sheriff. But you have to convince the voters to vote for you. So, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm doing a disservice having a conversation about that because how does that make you more likable as a sheriff or more votable, I suppose? Right, and people want to know what we're doing. You ask a lot of questions about the sheriff's office, Um but at the same time, I think that we're at a point where we want to be a bigger part in the sheriff's office. I can speak for all of us. We say we want to be a bigger part of our community. Mm-hmm. And the conversations and collaborations that are happening outside of our walls. So it is important how we work with our staff and some of the mental health pieces that go to that. And at the same time, the mental health in our community and the people we serve is really important. And, yeah. you know, so I think moving forward, you say, you know, what are things you want to do as a sheriff? Well, I think we want to be, I want to be a bigger part of our community and understand that there are um, people who really like us, people who really don't like us. Um, for yeah, all would, different kinds of reasons. I would say some of the community would be like, you know what, we would rather have you not part of the community as much as possible. Not that you don't need to be part of the community, but if I don't have to see a sheriff's deputy, right, that's good news in, in a lot of people's cases. Yeah, and I would hope that people would say, wow, there's another one of our sheriff's deputies instead of that. Right, definitely. Um, we got to take a break, but uh, what about like painting all the cars orange so that we know? I brought this up with Fritz, and he just rolled his eyes uh, out. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I think our brown has us stand out from most of the other communities. So you know when there's a sheriff's car yeah, in it, your neighborhood. And it's not so much about like being – like part of it is like the, the unmarked cars could be unmarked, but like having – if it's a, an emergency vehicle, if I need help 
It, it, like if the car was a bright color, like a fire engine or something like that, that green, right? CBS News Brief. If it, was ha- a, if it was a bright color like that, then you would better be able, be easier to see it, flag it down. Uh, I don't know. I think they do this in other countries. That's where I got that idea. I, I'm just trying to figure out where we have green fire trucks in lacrosse. Do we not have lime? Well, not in lacrosse. Sure I think Campbell has lime yeah. green or that, whatever. I don't know if it's but lime green. I but. knew it. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Oh, there's text too, John. I should have read the text. Could have did that during the break. Ask, uh, well, this is one of them questions I sent you. Did you did you send the questionnaire back to me yet? The I have a questionnaire for you. Oh, you do? Um, John Siegel's in here with me. He's he's running for Lacrosse County Sheriff. And at some point, we're going to put up a webpage with uh, all the candidates and, and a questionnaire we sent out. But um, yeah, one one guy texted in and, and asked uh, if calls for defunding the police, vilifying law enforcement, our vice president, supporting bail to release criminals has anything to do with the decrease in people seeking careers in law enforcement. So it's a lot there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the, yeah, it's just people would, going after the police. Yeah, and I, I would say that the defund the police movement and um, some of the press towards law enforcement in the past few years doesn't help somebody wanting to get into a career in law enforcement. Yeah, I've seen some numbers. I think it was, I think this was out of New York City. I think New York City got a new mayor. And, you know, the calls for service are always, they're pretty steady. And then the media reports on calls for service went skyrocketing in the last couple of, you know, whenever that new mayor took over. And I don't know if that was because the new mayor took over and he was like a former police I don't know. I think he was in law enforcement before that. And it, could, it might be the governor. I think it's the mayor, though. But it was just the media's reporting on stuff the police are doing just went way up. So, And I was like, well, I don't know if that's a bad thing because you were just reporting on what the police are doing. That's not. It, couldn't, it can't be that bad. I mean, reports are reports, but also like you're... You're amplifying maybe things that don't need to be amplified as well. Yeah, and, you know, and I think in Lacrosse County, when you look at the um, media and what our law enforcement is doing, I think we do a pretty good job overall. Um, you know, the if you are coming to work in the Lacrosse Police Department, the Lacrosse Sheriff's Office, on Alaska Police Department, you're coming to work for a good department, a good place, and you know you're going to know that people appreciate what you do, and we're going to give you all the tools to do it as well as you can. I know when an ostrich gets loose <laughs> and it wasn't an ostrich. You remember what it was actually called? I was it an emu? Emu. Yeah. When yeah. an emu gets loose in West Salem and the La Crosse County Sheriff's deputy has to go and, and corral it essentially. I don't know. I can't remember if he, there was a video of it. See, that's where I would like the sheriff's department to come out and go, Hey, we had to fight an emu. You know, we right. had to wrangle up an emu instead of, I, I see a, a random, you know, somebody that was at the dentist office across the roads video because you know what we want i want the comedy that happens in the sheriff's office along with the tragedy right like we that that would be a good balancing act um but it it was funny i brought up right before the break the idea of painting the squad cars a bright color so that people could recognize if they needed help there's an emergency vehicle and you and fritz kind of laugh at that but then during the break you were like you know what there are times when people would need to be easily, it would need a squad car to be easily identify, identifiable, and that's in the middle of the night, in the middle of winter, when you go careening off the road accidentally because you slide it. Maybe not accidentally, but uh, you know if you're impaired or whatever. But that would be a you right. Yeah, and you know you think now with cell phones we get a lot more calls from people in need, more so than finding them later. But 
you know, when it's minus 30 and somebody slides off the road, ends up up against a tree, the cell phone is flying somewhere, um, we want our squads out, especially in that rural area, to make sure that those people, um, number one, either we find them or they find us, you know, in those circumstances, we don't have somebody freezing to death out there. So, yeah, having a, a marked squad car, um, again, ours are brown. Um, I think with the gold, they look really nice and people can find them. So hopefully either somebody's going to come up out of the ditch and find us or we're going to see them and find them. Are you guys ever going to be in them really little cars that are like wind up, you know, pull them back and let them go? You ever see those? Like in I, Italy? I, I saw a couple of the people were really giving them a hard time. Might have been over there and they might have just been parking police, but, the, you know, they're very efficient vehicles, but it, like you're not going to run down anyone. In those. And they would never work for the amount of equipment that we, that the we sher- have. The sheriff's department would never be able to, because your, your, uh, your range is so, you need, a, you need your, your uh, coverage area is so expansive. Um all right, I know I know you wanted to talk about the jail. This isn't like the the like most fun topic to talk about, but uh you guys have both talked about uh or or brought up the fact that the jail is the kind of like the biggest department, so to speak, within the Lacrosse County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, from a personnel standpoint, from a budget standpoint, um from an operation standpoint, it's the largest. So, is it the it's because of that, would you say it's one of the most important pieces of this? I think it's an extremely important piece. I think, you know, the sheriff um, having, you know, the statute saying that the the sheriff is in control of the county jail, for lack of a better term, is really important because that is a, um, a huge responsibility. You kind of like the warden then? Is that, that like you always see that in movies, the warden? Um, so... Just having from having a couple of different conversations with this, the, uh, again, we don't have enough jailers. You just call them. Jail- Is everyone in the jail a jailer? Yeah, we can use that jail staff. I guess jail staff, um, jailer. Yeah, and you know, we've talked on and off the air about the partisan and not nonpartisan piece of this race. And my talking points on the jail are very similar to Fritz's. And I think that's where you see that nonpartisan piece. It's about taking care of people, mm-hmm. about taking care of the inmates um, that we have. And medical needs and mental health needs and um, all that, the pieces that go into that. And then also our own staff who have an extremely difficult job and we have a terrific staff there. Yeah, and the staff in the jail is kind of separate from the sheriff's deputies, right? There's The training is different. They're, 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 they're their own thing over there, right? Right. Um, the certification to be a jailer is different than to be a law enforcement officer. Um, the way that we come in and out of the building, we can see each other, but oftentimes don't see each other. And their job responsibilities compared to a deputy are, you know, 100% different. I, their job responsibilities are different, but they're, I feel like they're, they're some of them are, the, they're dealing with the same, almost they're, they're dealing with the same people in different circumstances, right? As a deputy, you're dealing with the unknown to a, to a degree before, and then eventually it becomes known if you end up arresting that person or getting to know if you're going after somebody, right? But then in the jail, you, that person is there. You're having yeah, to deal with that. Absolutely. Our deputies will arrest somebody and bring them into jail. Um, and then the jail staff will take them from that point. And when you think about it, our deputies may have just spent 20 or 30 minutes with them, maybe longer if you're coming from a rural area. But our jailers are spending 20 and 30 hours, days, weeks, months, um, maybe with that same individual and, and other individuals. So how important is it for, because I, I was thinking of this in terms of prisoners, like I'm in jail for five years, right? Like, or I'm in prison, not jail, but in prison. 
But uh, is it similar to people in jail? So, like, when I go to prison for five years, the TV aspect of this is you just lift weights uh, and go to the cafeteria and then go for an hour out to the yard. That's that's prison for me. But I'm like, well, in real life, like, do these people actually get, like, the help they need to be reacclimated into society be depending on, you know, did they go to did they go to prison because they were addicted to drugs and did something bad? Do they is there just something screwy with them up, you know, in their head? But this it, this could be related to jail because guys are in jail for the, for for kind of a long time too. Sometimes, right? Well, you know, the county jail is vastly different from the prison system. Yeah. the county jail is is transitional. People who are sentenced to over a year in jail generally go to prison. Now yep. we don't have people there that long, um, but. Within, if you have a five-year prison sentence, you have five years of rehabilitation programs, whatever it may be. If you're in the county jail for 30 days, 90 days, six months, whatever it might be, we have programs and in place to try and provide people with as much information and help as we can in that short amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, and our jailers are are getting to know a lot of the individuals, and when we have recidivism and people come in. That's really nice because somebody could come in really angry, really upset at the officer that brought them in, and they come in, and our jail staff comes out, starts bringing them in, and it's a familiar face. It's somebody that they've had positive interactions with, even though they're in the um, law enforcement system. And I think that piece is really different than what you see in the prison system. Right. Is there a does does that at all as as a sheriff, you know, trying to relate this to you? Uh, running for sheriff as a sheriff do you see need needs for improvement in that regard or um this is another thing where do we depend on the jailers to be you know to wear seven different hats as like a deputy would need to we do and i think we did um prior to um sheriff weisenberger sheriff helgeson and when uh current sheriff jeff wolf was chief deputy they really made our mental health programs and nursing programs and medical programs a priority and so some of the things that our jailers were asked to do before are we have people in place to do that. So Scaled I think it back we've gotten better. I think we can continue to get um, better with that. We, we can have more programming, um, more services for people when they come in and out of the jail. But we're definitely um, under their leadership ahead of where we were. On the flip side, the people that work with the, the jail staff that works with these people in jail um, do they see stuff that's pretty traumatizing where they actually might need yeah. <laughs> mental health themselves? They do, and um, I'm a big believer in that piece is taking care of the mental health of your own people. And something that I've talked to a lot of different groups about is we can have somebody come into the jail who is angry, violent, they've kicked, they've hit, they've um, spit on a jailer. We've had jailers that have feces smeared on them throughout the day. Our jailers are actually um, subjected to a lot more violence than people realize. Mm -hmm. And they have to be able to control and and keep themselves safe and the person safe who may be intoxicated or high or whatever it is. Right? So that's a huge responsibility there. And then that person goes to bed, they get some sleep, a couple of days go by, maybe a few hours go by, and they have, you know, they're in need of blankets and toothbrushes and um, to go out and make a phone call, whatever it might be. And the same jailer that just got kicked in the knee or spit on is now taking care of their needs. And they have to be able to 
You got to rise keep above it safe, a little bit. Right, <laughs> right, right. Keep them safe when they needed to be safe and now take care of the other needs. And I think that's a huge responsibility. Uh, 608-785-7914. Uh, we got one more break. I want to get that out of the way so that we, we just don't run into it in, a, in a, a couple of minutes. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk text line. John Siegel's running for sheriff here in Lacrosse Counties. Uh, he's the Democrat in the race, uh, and Fritz Leinfelder's the Republican. I think both of you guys kind of laugh at the fact that it's a, a partisan race, and a lot of your views are, are very similar. Um, but when it comes to what you want, would like to do is in, in the sheriff's office, uh, is there anything like big, like like my idea of painting the cars for us in orange? Or I don't I don't see any vast changes that would be happening, but maybe you see some stuff. Yeah, no, I don't think that there's anything either one of us would say that we need to make a huge change with. I think we can do a better job within the community and educating ourselves and the community on some of the the needs that are out there. Um, and listening, I think law enforcement sometimes struggles to listen mm-hmm. because we want to, sometimes I think we're just fixers. So when somebody starts to say, oh, we need to fix this or we need to do this better, sometimes just listening to figure out how we can improve or to let somebody talk to us about how they feel or see things as important. Well, a lot of, a lot of the stuff you do is reactionary. The thing happened. I mean, or can you, can you, can you change that into being more preventative, you know, as opposed to reactionary and that stuff's hard because it's unpredictable. Yeah. And so much of law enforcement is reactive, which means whenever we can be proactive, um, we should be trying to do that. And I think we've had a pretty strong community policing program. I would like to see that expanded a little bit more within, um, shift cars and shifts that are actually out in the community, in rural areas, places where we have extra attentions for, um, stop signs or speeding or um, dead ends in the middle of the night that people call in and say, hey, we've had issues there. Um, I'd like to see us be just a little bit more proactive with that. Again, people, you know, time calls. You know how you win the election? You just say you're going to make a, a, a one of the duties of your deputies, main duties, just to call call the city or the county where the potholes are. You're just going <laughs> to tell them directly where the potholes are. Um yeah, and then I guess, you know, in, in the media, in, in regards to the media, we just got 30 seconds, uh, you know, talking over the break. Just the, the idea of being a little bit more open, uh, to getting information that happens within the county out to the media, like maybe even a weekly report yeah, or something I, like that. Yeah, I think something from the sheriff's office a um, couple times a week, once a week that says, hey, here's what we're doing in the community. Here's where we're seeing storage shed burglaries. Here's where we're seeing cars broken into. And we see all the calls. So that might not just be sheriff's office, but it might be in La Crosse or on Alaska. Sure. That's John Siegel. He's running for sheriff here in La Crosse County. The election date's in November. All right. Thanks, John, for stopping in. Thanks for having me.